0: From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm spotter and chaser, Phil Johnson.
1: Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you happen to be checking this out for the first time, uh, hey, thanks for joining us and stopping by. You got to check out stormfrontfreaks.com so you can access our library of previous shows. And, and other famous guests from the weather industry, uh, like we've had CNN meteorologist Chad Myers on, uh, the Weather Network's Jacqueline Whittle's been with us. Uh, but tonight, this is episode 81, and as part of our coast to coast with your favorite TV meteorologist series, uh, we're happy to be joined not by by none other than a different. This is a different country, so that you talk coast to coast. We're really going coast to coast. Uh, but we're we're joined tonight by New Finland's NTV chief meteorologist Eddie Shear. So Eddie's gonna be uh, joining us tonight as well. Thanks for joining us, Eddie. And uh, we'll here. have to play some form of uh, Canadian lightning round, so uh, stay tuned for that. And our exclusive tracker chat and tornado talk segments, uh, they're gonna be here and we'll finish with our famous hashtag weather fools and WX resources. But before we get to all of that, it's always happy hour at the Stormfront Freaks Bar. We invite you to join along with us as long as you're not at work or driving. Or Those driving, are the yeah. exceptions to that, but Hey, <laughs> I, I want you guys listen to this. I've discovered there is a fun new way to listen to our co-host introductions during the segment. So I, I want our, our listener to know the reason we do this is so that you can put a name to the voice before we get started, right? That's kind of why we do it. And we do this, what are you drinking segment because you, we want you to know we like to have fun here. This is laid back. We talk weather, but we're sitting around the poker table having a good time while we're doing it. But if if you're aware, a lot of you guys, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of podcast apps on on your phone, you can change the speed that it plays back. So like you might be listening to a, a, a speaker and you're like, okay, Uh, I'm gonna speed it up a little bit just so I can still listen to what they're saying but get through it a little quicker, get through the information and you can speed it up, but you can also slow it down. So uh, I'll give you an idea. If you happen to be using Apple Podcasts, you can actually pull it up and you can uh, speed up or slow down the playback. And so guys, I'm gonna play for you last episode the whole thing? Uh, no, not the whole episode. Just Dick the uh, just the what are you drinking segment. I'm going to play back the what are oh, you drinking no. segment so you can kind of hear. This was with Gary England. We had Gary England on last episode. Uh, you can hear the new way you can listen to this episode. You ready? I uh, always <laughs> like to introduce our co host Wow, uh, so you that's put amazing. A, 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 a name to the voice. And find <laughs> out what they're drinking It's always happy hour here So we're going to start off with Oh, just MJ, wait till Matt comes on it gets... MJ Pony up to the bar What are you drinking
2: tonight?
0: <laughs> I've gone to my old Standby Captain and Coke
2: <laughs> <laughs> Big
3: cup
0: again <laughs> All glass, yeah. All glass. Everybody's
2: going to be drunk before the show is over. (laughs) Is that Dina? That's
3: Dina. That's good. I think I remember that. Take it. Uh, (laughs) uh,
1: Maz, what are you you drinking tonight? I'm back to the
3: uh, Guinness Extra Stout. <laughs> and I'm already sweating. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Wow! Turn the air conditioning
2: up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Turn the air conditioning Bright lights, bright lights. Dina, Dina. We'll what listen are you to Dina then. tonight. Welcome back.
4: Good old American Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. she sounds the same all
1: right so 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 that that's a new way you could listen to our what are you drinking segment
3: eddie's like what Slow have i gotten myself yeah into? Oh, which, which is fine I I just, you guys
1: had a good time if you need to go now i understand i'll just say <laughs> yeah. that but no so See let's later. go around and figure out what everyone's drinking so mj <laughs> i'm going to start with you here what what are you bringing tonight all right. In the fridge tonight, we had Michelob Amber Bach, one of my favorites. Ooh. Perfect. Okay. Simple. It's all you need. Simple drink. Yep. Elegant. Mm-hmm. All right, Maz. Maz, what are you drinking tonight? I've got the Solace. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like, <laughs> oh, you play not, that slow. Okay. It won't yeah, work. Right, yeah. right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> really. It's, uh, it's uh, Rivertown Solace Scarlet. I don't know.
1: I don't know. What R- it is. Rivertown. Hey, I just beer. went to Rivertown yeah. last week, and they really tapped a. It was National Donut Day, and they tapped a beer called Sprinkles, yeah? <laughs> and it was made. Honest to God, it was made with sprinkled donuts. They no. they put sprinkled donuts in the mash, and and uh, it was like eleven percent alcohol. 80 uh, percent sugar. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, yeah it, yeah, it was good. It did taste like donuts, but it was a one beer, and you're, that was good. Is that here in town? That's all I needed. That was up in Monroe. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Wow. And then, Hey, I've got a surprise for everybody. We are excited and Woo. ecstatic to have back to the team. It's been two, like two years. She reminded us <laughs> it's been two years. We didn't realize it's been that long. Two years. We are ecstatic to have uh, Jen Watson with us. She is a uh, meteorologist. Woo! Uh, former, Yay! Yay! Uh, f- uh, f- at, formerly at the Weather Channel, and she is a social media guru, and so yeah. she's taking her skills to the next level. But Jen, welcome back! And, and what are you, yeah. what are you drinking tonight?
5: So I'm probably the most hardcore out of anyone here. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't remember, I love staying hydrated, um, and so I brought the intense Lacroix back. Now, this ah, isn't just any of toy. This is pineapple strawberry, which is really delicious. That's the
3: hard stuff. Doesn't get better than that. Right. Yeah.
5: It is the hard yeah. stuff. So, like, two years ago when I was drinking sparkling water, it was because I was pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to drink. But I don't know. Wait,
3: wait. You have news I, for us?
1: No, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> wow, yeah, really, what are you saying? Welcome
5: back. Actually, that did lead up to it, didn't it? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not pregnant right now. Okay. Play, play, play that me. back
1: at half speed. Right? Are you <laughs> <way> pregnant? <laughs> oh,
5: I just man. love sparkling water, but I'm probably going to have a little alcohol after this. Because, you know, I'm I'm one of those girls that, you know, it's uh-huh. just like one or two drinks and... Uh,
1: Please, yeah, no, please, please join us. So let's do this before he leaves. Uh, we're we're going to jump to our guest and uh, our, our esteemed guest tonight. So Eddie Shear, Eddie is NTV's chief meteorologist in New Finland, Canada. Uh, Eddie's career as a meteorologist brought him to TV stations. Listen to this down by you, Jen, Macon, Georgia mm-hmm. and Grand Junction, Colorado, before he joined the NTV news team in 2013. He has a bachelor of science in meteorology from Plymouth State University in New Hampshire. So uh, welcome, Eddie. thanks for joining the show. So this is this is the thought on everybody's mind. Um, you go from having a job in Boulder, Colorado and here in the US, you're from the US. Why the heck yeah. did you go north to Canada to, to be a TV <laughs> meteorologist?
6: <laughs> it was a, an interesting opportunity presented itself. Uh, I had been working in Grand Junction I think for four years I think I moved out there for Macon in 2009 and it's all kind of a blur now because I've been in the industry for so long um but yeah then I'm I was uh my contract was coming to an end in Grand Junction and uh, it was time to look for you know some other opportunities and uh, I got the opportunity through a classmate actually who I went to Plymouth uh he called me one day when I was looking for work and he's like you know have you ever heard of Newfoundland and I was like no they said have you ever heard of saint john's i was like no he's like well if you look on a map it's a big island six out past nova scotia and saint john's is on the farthest east point on that island and i was like okay (laughs) and i was engaged at the time i was like i don't know about this i was like i'm interested i was like are they interested and they ended up flying me out here for an interview wow and the weather in St. John's and typically Newfoundland in May is is really generally terrible Mm -hmm. Uh, it's foggy a lot we have a lot of freezing drizzle in May it's Mm -hmm. typically not sunny here in May very often and it's very cold Uh, we can have days in May where it's uh, one Celsius so 33 34 degrees and that's not uncommon even towards the end of May I got here in May did your fiance turn into the wife then no, no, no. We ended up that that ended up not working. Well, that's because oh, you no. went Which is to part North- of the reason I ended up moving Yeah, i was like
3: because <laughs> there's a St. John's in the Caribbean. Pretty sure that would have sure worked spot, out,
6: yeah. I'm just saying, you know. And a little easier to forecast, I would imagine, too. Uh so yeah. So I ended up moving uh, I they flew me out and it was a beautiful May Day. This is in Newfoundland when it's nice is like one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see. And I was hooked and uh and things went well and i moved here that following august and i've been here now for five years um i met my wife my current wife here after i think i've been here for three years and uh, we got married and now we have a home together and we have a, a daughter who's about to be a month old so my life has definitely taken a turn that i didn't expect it to but uh it's it's uh it's been great it's been a great time here was she from up north she is, yeah. She's from she's from Newfoundland. She's from you, central yeah. part of the island. So you got to do that because when we lived in Michigan,
3: my wife was like, anywhere south or it's over. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right.
6: <We're> <laughs> Cincinnati. She, she likes it here, but I don't think she she hasn't lived anywhere else. I think it's like uh, it's like Stockholm syndrome. You kind of start to you like the weather here. You start <laughs> to like it for some reason, but because you just haven't experienced anything else.
3: What have, you, what have you found is like the <clears throat> the biggest shock to you, being besides having to say a eh, all the time?
6: <laughs> yeah, well, the, Newfoundland, uh, Newfoundland has its own, like, uh, dialect. They call it Newfoundlandese. We can get into that if you want uh, down the line. But I think <laughs> the, the biggest thing I, I've had to kind of adjust to living on an island out in the North Atlantic is, like, the ocean's always cold. So, like, no matter what the time of year is, the weather that we get may not coincide with what the calendar says. So I stopped expecting weather with the date. So like last week it was June, you know, we're in the early June and I was still wearing like a winter jacket. And it, for the first couple of years here, that would phase me And now like, no, it's, it's 35 degrees Fahrenheit and I'm gonna wear a winter jacket today and that's how it's gonna be.
5: That's, see, that's crazy. So what's like then the hardest like thing to forecast or transition of forecasting for you?
6: Um the the hardest thing I have forecasting wise up here is just the difference it's it's the the storms that track to the west of where I live when we start to get the interaction of different air masses and that's hard enough as it is as you know forecasting, you know, frozen precipitation down in the states you get freezing rain, ice pellets and that but it's you get another element when the oceans below freezing. Yeah. So you know, the temperatures aloft are after, you know 10, 12 Celsius, and you get a strong northeast wind, and you get a lot of freezing rain, and you can have wintry precipitation even when you don't think there should be wintry precipitation. And the computer modeling up this way is generally not very good. Occasionally, so you can be surprised with storms, especially ones that form out uh, out over the ocean and kind of back their way in. Um, I think my third or fourth winter here. We had a storm that was backing in off off the Atlantic and it was a big low and it was slow mover and it had the potential to produce like feet of snow. But I was looking at the guidance and I went on air the night before and I confidently said we're going to get like, I think we're going to get like six inches of snow tomorrow into tomorrow night. Uh, We got 18 inches.
5: Wow. (laughs) That's crazy.
6: Yeah. And it just, the wind was higher than it forecast. The snow was higher than forecast and it's... Kind of things like that you don't forget, and it's challenges like that uh, you're forecasting tough winter storms.
5: So how did the bomb cyclone, that was like it was like, you know, that term made big news in January of twenty eighteen? How did that impact you guys? Was that like a huge storm for you guys? Or you guys get that those kind of storms, low pressure systems, right?
6: I mean, to be honest, like we get a lot of we get like probably more bomb cyclones per year out here than anywhere else I've lived. I would say probably more than anywhere else in, in eastern North America. So like in generally the ones that really hit the Northeast U.S. hard bring us like like 10, 12 degrees Celsius or 50 degrees Fahrenheit in the middle of winter and rain Um, because they're so mature by the time they get up this way, the warm air is kind of wrapped all the way around it. So it's the ones you don't hear about that give us the big (laughs) snowstorms. And the ones you do hear about, we just like, you know, people here get all riled up because there's so much like intensity with it. And that will really affect like New Brunswick and Nova Scotia more so than it will. Like most of newfoundland
5: uh so it's so i'm still amazed that you move there from macon like i'm thinking right now atlanta to moving there like that's in like that's a that's a culture shock that's a weather shock that's just about everything it's
6: it's a different world up here like like weather wise like if i ever move back to to the states i would never like if i'm forecast if i had to forecast like six inches of snow i would think it's a joke because, like, nothing closes here for, like, 15 centimeters of snow. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, we get six inches of snow or a foot, and, like, kids could have school the next day. Like, schools aren't being closed for three days because we get a foot of snow. Like, if the snow stops at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, you're going to work on time the next day. Like,
3: Darn you metric guys. You're just
6: messing with my yeah, head. That's, 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 that's the I'm biggest
1: in, change probably, drinking, right?
6: I'm trying to do the calculations. It's, it's just – I, I can go back and forth, but it's, it's taken me a solid, like, five years to get – bilingual metric system and not have to back convert everything
1: that's pretty good so so so, hey so obviously sorry jen so it's very difficult to forecast snowfall snowfall amounts Mm -hmm. and to communicate that i think that's that's the biggest thing and that's the biggest challenge for most especially tv meteorologists that are going to be in winter conditions and you have to try and 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 it can be such a, a tight uh gradient between hey we might get you know, 12 inches of snow, or we might get a quarter inch of ice. I mean, you know, you just, you don't know. And a lot depends on the track of the storm. So what's your specialty, Eddie? What, what do you think you're really good at when it comes to communicating or how you communicate those kinds of things? What what do you think you're good at?
6: I've, I've played with communicating uncertainty, uh, since I've been here because there's always an element of uncertainty to any forecast. Um, and I think that I've gotten better at communicating, like my thoughts on the uncertainty, and not the computer's thoughts on the uncertainty. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. it's very easy to go on air and say you have model A and model B, and I don't know which one's going to be correct, but here's what they both show, and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. I've found that people generally at least up here, they don't like that. They like when you give them your thoughts. Mm. So I try and basically look at the ensembles, look at as much data as I can, and put a forecast into, uh, put the context of a forecast into terms that is, is as easily digested as possible to to our viewers. And saying like here, you know, you're not always uncertain about every area in a forecast you know, Newfoundland's a big place. So generally someone's going to get snow. Someone's going to get rain and somewhere between is going to be the ice and the mixed line. And I can say with reasonable certainty, like, you know, the Western side of the Island, you're most likely to get your foot of snow. Uh, The Eastern side of the Island, like, yes, we're going to get some ice, but it's mostly going to be rain, but it's in this area where I think we're going to see the mixed line. Could, you know, be a little farther east than this or a little farther west than this, but this is the area where I think that's going to happen and you know be it right or wrong i think you just have to kind of take a stand and put your own forecast out there and not so much try and rely so much on the computer model data because again i found that my viewers when i show the model versus model they look at that as i don't know what which one's which it, mm-hmm. it's not me trying to convey uncertainty it's me showing them that like i don't know which to pick so you know it's up to you to pick and I try to just not to do that. What's that?
5: As the smartest way to do that. It's up to you guys to pick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're wrong.
6: <laughs> it, it is, but, but yeah, it is, it's a great way to do it. Except when the forecast is wrong, I get yelled at. I get, I get all sorts of messages in my Facebook box. My I Facebook like inbox, that. Like I don't know what I'm talking about.
3: For those of you who chose model B. Sorry. You're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> model I like the Thank you. <laughs> For those of you who chose A. Party at my house.
2: Come on.
6: But, but, yeah, but I, I mean, I th- I think like it's just it's just, I've, I've just gotten really good at conveying on uns- you know the uncertainty. And I think when I watch uh, some of the news coming out from us, especially some of the bigger cities in the Northeast, like the uncertainty isn't conveyed enough. Yeah. You know, everybody wants like you know I I want you to tell me we're gonna get six inches of snow and it's not gonna there's not gonna be any ice when that's impossible to do with the developing area of low pressure because it tracks 30, 40 miles north or west of where. The computer track it is, and all of a sudden that mixed line isn't over New York City; it's up over White Plains, you know, or just up in North Jersey somewhere. So, small small changes in track make a very big difference, and I think that's important to try and convey when you're talking about winter. So yeah. you said
3: <clears throat> six inches of snow. How much is that in centimeters?
6: Fifteen <laughs> centimeters. Always sounds sounds that. more impressive in centimeters. Always. Oh, yeah.
5: That's impressive. I love that. That, that is
6: impressive.
3: I <laughs> might use that for all kinds of stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
5: So I've got a question, Eddie. So like now going back to when you were in Colorado, what was it like experiencing the weather there? Like Lee, Cyclogenesis, all like the mid-latitude cyclones, were yeah. are, and like what is your favorite type of weather? Did you go storm chasing when you were in Colorado?
6: Well, I lived out in Grand Junction, which is like high desert. So it, the weather there was sunny like 300 days a year. Yeah. It, was, it was lovely in the summer going in for my shift, which was like 2 to 11 and putting like 90 and sunny for eight days in a row, and and basically being able to do a forecast blindfolded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy forecasting the snow in Colorado. Uh, that mm-hmm. was always fun. I never really, we, did, we didn't get a lot of thunderstorms on the western slope. That's true. Um, but we did, get, we did get to forecast a lot of mountain weather, and I got pretty good at forecasting Colorado mountain weather, because that's pretty much where it was. Um, in Grand Junction, we would average like nine inches of total precipitation through the course of a year, which is wow. not very much. So I went from forecasting in a desert, which is exceptionally—it has its challenges, obviously, because you you have terrain, so you're playing with upslope, downslope winds, and this, 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 this and the other. To you know here, where like the weather is exceptionally challenging, and that's that's how it is most of the time. Uh, easy weather is like the exception to the rule here.
5: So where did you grow up, Eddie?
6: I' grew up uh, outside of Philadelphia.
5: Okay. So,
1: um, he's he's not, still out a little of his you you know you know his Eastern accent you know. Look, everyone does that West, West West
3: Philadelphia, I, born and born raised. And raised. Um,
6: yeah, the <laughs> north of the suburbs, <laughs> <in> Bucks
1: County. <laughs> well, hey, I I got one question before we go to break. What? How do the warnings, uh, and the warning system? How does that differ in Canada than it does here in the states? As far as. You know we have here the watches and warnings and all those kinds of things what is it same or is there some differences
6: it's similar but but different um, <laughs> okay I, thank you for that you answer. Know, <laughs> very clear Mom, I, <laughs> and, 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 they, like the warnings in the, like both countries have their warnings and both countries have their s- specific warnings I, and, and i think they're similar in that regard what irks me about the in, the canadian warnings is they don't issue start stop times so they'll issue like a snowfall warning, which is I think they're you're expecting I think like 15 centimeters of snow in something like 12 or 18 hours. The, the criteria is a bit a bit uh, odd, but there there won't be a start stop time, and which to me is like it's it's no brainer that there should be like it should you know like snow's going to start at 8 o'clock in St John's, and you know the warning goes from 8 to midnight, and that's when you can expect the snow. So there's no start stop times and they do do a lot of warnings as when you're trying to broadcast gets very annoying um, at, at times and I know it's 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 just the policy and but to me like when we have snow and wind like almost regardless of the snow amount that should be like a winter storm warning when we're expecting like even if it's six inches of snow and you're expecting you know winds to be gusting 50 60 miles an hour like that should be a winter storm warning but you'll get a snowfall warning and a wind warning for the same area which to me it's it's a lot to to convey and i think to our viewers it's a lot to kind of digest at the same time so i would like to see the warnings a bit more concise in canada compared to the u.s where i think they have the winter side of it pretty well covered Could,
3: could you use that to your advantage so if there's no start or stop time can you be like Winter storm warning january <laughs> that's not a bad idea
2: that's
5: awesome
6: yeah it's like winter storm warning for thursday, <laughs> that's <laughs> on thursday. thursday. when that's right yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah like, we'll tell you. And that, that's what people always want to know like i could put on a snowfall map on my facebook page and i could spend like hours making it and everyone's like when is it going to start here when is it going to start there Yep. That's the only thing people like really want to know is like the start stop times. Like almost the amount is like irrelevant, but start stop times can to be very important.
1: Well, let let me Jen. I got a question for you. Um, I'm putting you on the spot now. But what what's your favorite daily weather app? What's your go to weather app to go? Hey, what's the weather going to be like today? He's setting you up. When? He's setting you up? Not really.
5: Wait, did you say Jen or Eddie? Uh,
1: Jen. I said Jen. I said I'm putting you on the spot. I thought spot. you
5: did, and I was just like, "Wait yeah. a minute!" No, I'm putting my, you on the spot.
1: My, my What's favorite? Your fa- my
5: favorite yeah. weather app. Well, I go to Radar Scope all the time just to look for like, I don't know. If that's just what I use. But okay. I would say the Weather Channel
1: for for temps and what, what mm-hmm. okay for stuff like that. Well, tell you what, I've got a new one for you. Oh my god! That yes. you got to try. It's called Atmosphere Weather, and I'm telling you, it's the last daily weather app you're going to use. Atmosphere Weather. It's all about presenting the entire daily forecast each hour on one screen around a 24 hour clock. So you just look at one page, boom, you got the whole 24 hours, next 24 hours are, are laid out for you. And now Android baseball fans, you can view each day's game uh, and the time right on the hourly weather dial. So you can see what time the game's going to be, what the weather's going to be like. And if it looks good, you can order tickets to the game right from the app
2: whoa which is pretty cool
1: and that feature is also coming if you have ios you got an apple uh uh, iphone that's coming soon but you got to try it to believe it stop what you're doing right now i give you permission you can pause the podcast and you can download atmosphere weather now it's on ios and android there's a full featured free trial then there's a basic version that's free once the trial's over so you got to trust me uh search atmosphere weather in your app store or uh, just go ahead and visit atmosphereweather.com. Lots of great videos and everything else. But we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna take a short break. Go ahead and refill your drink. Uh, You can check out Tracker Chat. Uh, This is from the Tornado Trackers and their segments on sharing storm videos. So uh, we'll be right back in just a moment.
7: Welcome to Tracker Chat, the podcast inside of a podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about sharing your storm footage once you've captured it in the field um, and, and things that we have learned in our years of chasing. So Gabe Cox, what is the number one tip that you have in mind for for sharing your storm
4: footage. So we had the good fortune of having someone point out to our team early on that we shouldn't be giving away our stuff for free because we we went out storm chasing just for fun. We wanted to see stuff uh, and we wanted to share that. And we know that there are other like-minded nerds out there who enjoy seeing storm footage and can't always get out there. So we started off with that in mind and just sharing it. But we also were spending all of our money and not recouping our costs for traveling all over the country. So we had someone point out to us that we could stop giving away our stuff for free um, and that we could uh, partner with a brokering company that specializes in weather footage. And that, that made a huge difference on how often we were able to storm chase um, and kind of the methodology behind our, um, our filming. Uh, so the big thing for me is if you're just starting out, even if it's iPhone footage, don't give away your stuff for free. Uh, the news has a budget for storm footage and they'll try to get it for free first, obviously, but they'll also purchase your footage and that's going to help you pay for the gas. That's going to help you pay for hotels if you need it and for food while you're on the road. Don't go in it thinking that you're going to make a career out of it. There are certainly people who have done that, but it's, it's, it's a rare thing to make it a full-time career. Um, but definitely I would say don't give it away for free. It's okay to ask for money for your footage. And if you're married, your spouse will love it when that first check comes in and it cancels out all of the expenses that you had on the road. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me.
7: Totally. Yeah. That's a wonderful discovery we made several years ago. Um, yeah, thanks for that, Gabe. Jeff, what about you? What do you think of in terms of um, sharing footage or, or capturing footage?
8: Yeah, I think one of the things I've, I've actually learned in the last four or five years is that you don't only have to think about the most significant weather events um, to document and try to, to make some money off of. Um, I would say, even a large portion of what I've gotten personally over the last four or five years have been not minor events, but even secondary issues that come from those events. So uh, even this past year, um, there was some flooding about 30 minutes north of here. um, And I saw that on Twitter and I knew there were going to be a ton of people out videoing um, uh, local residents. But I remember going up there, capturing some footage um, that probably 200, 300 other people had already captured. Um, but sent that in to uh, my video broker and um, got multiple checks in uh, a couple months later. Um, so it's, it's kind of thinking about um, some of the more simplistic videos that, look, news wants to cover. Um, it's not always destructive tornadoes or, you know, uh, category four or five hurricanes. It's, it's also some of the uh, things that you might overlook along the way. So be mindful of the, the big things and, and even some of the smaller things, at least in terms of uh, storms.
7: Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about this before, but having the mindset of people first while storm chasing can be uh, a way to stay safe, obviously, but then it can also be a way to have some journalistic uh, flair as well, is to focus on the people side of things as well. News news organizations are interested in things like that. So
4: Yeah. And remembering too that there are There are several, um, weather channels that have to fill in content 24 hours a day. So there's always going to be a need for weather footage, even if, you know, if, if there are no significant weather stories, then they might buy footage of, you know, the sun. (laughs) If it's the whole country is, is just sunshine and lollipops and film sunshine and lollipops and they're probably going to buy it anyway.
7: Thanks for that, fellas. I really appreciate it. Uh, Your wisdom on sharing video and footage in the best way possible. This has been Tracker Chat. We have been the Tornado Trackers. I am Jeremy Heeman, and I've been joined by my chasing partners, Jeff Mangum and Gabe Cox. Thanks to the Stormfront Freaks guys for uh, sharing their airways with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, This has been Tracker Chat. We'll see you next time.
0: Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak in you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co.
1: All right, hey, welcome back, everybody. We've got uh, New Finland's Eddie Shear from NTV with us. That's NTV, not MTV. There's a little bit of a difference not there. there but, uh, Matt, Maz, you said he had a question. Let's rock and roll, yeah.
3: yeah. Um So, like, if you go to New Orleans, you can say New Orleans, like, nine different ways. New Orleans, New Orleans, Orleans Narland, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So I never knew how to pronounce where you are, and I thought I met some people, like, when I was in my 20s, so it was a long time ago, and they said, if you say understand newfoundland is that close or how, what's the good way to remember how to say it that's it that's how you say
6: that's it that's it yeah newfoundland like understand newfoundland newfoundland yeah understand, there you go newfoundland. Newfoundland. Okay.
5: Newfoundland. perfect it's,
1: it's like uh it's like adventure land or yeah
6: greenland hmm. or greenland or greenland Island. or what, what else is
1: start in stop world. land it's yeah. a yeah it's a small
6: <laughs> world you just, you just emphasize the land like like you, it's like new it's like N E W F U N D L A N D is how you like Newfoundland.
5: Newfoundland.
6: <laughs> okay. Newfoundland. Well, I'm still going to say it my way. So Newfoundland. Newfoundland. All right. This is
1: the question everybody wants to know, Eddie. I, and I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot. You might get in trouble with this. I don't know. Might. Are you ready? You're sweating a little bit. You might get in
6: trouble for complaining about the Environment Canada warnings
1: too. Uh. So, <laughs> 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 well, well, that actually does go with another question. But this is this is the big one. And I'm yeah. sorry to throw it on you, but. Why cats? Why cats? Why, ca- why cats?
6: Why do I have a cat?
1: Yeah, I, I notice you, you have a cat. I do. He's adorable.
6: Yeah. His name is Denver. Oh. And Uh-oh, he's dog. diabetic. <laughs> <Okay. a> diabetic. <laughs> he cat. requires insulin needles twice a day. <laughs> wow. 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 How do you That's get a high cat? Maintenance cat. And he, a- yeah, high-maintenance how- cat. His food costs like $80 a month.
5: Oh, my God.
6: He's the most he, – oh, like, he needs to get a job. Like this cat – <laughs> I, I don't have the heart to like i I love him too much to have the heart to do anything with him so we just and he it he gets like sometimes he gets sick but never sick enough like my wife and I, I love him so much to, but what, he's what never sick be? enough to make a choice it's like oh. you, you know like we think there's something wrong with him but it's you know he's probably he's, probably, oh, he's, Wait, he's got a lot of lines does he's, canada
1: have not quite dead yet
3: does Canada have like cat food stamps or anything to kind of help they you sure out?
1: Sure.
6: Cat <laughs> cat welfare or something? All right.
1: So eat. so you talked about getting into trouble. So here's my question. So yeah. there there was just we're actually gonna bring I'm gonna bring this up in uh, Weather Fools later on in the show, but uh, there was an individual down in Illinois, uh, chief meteorologist, that got online to voice his frustration with his company's choice of, uh, code red days or, or whatever it was called, Mm -hmm. uh, red alert days, whatever it is. And, and because he, he basically was talking to his, uh, viewers and said, Hey, this is hard to communicate when the situations or the weather scenario doesn't call for warning and hype and all that kind of stuff. And, and he just, he was just recently fired uh, yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, for speaking out against that. So what, what are your thoughts on that? I think and your feelings more important. Probably my
6: my feelings on it are he he was being brutally honest, Ooh. and I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I think Joe knew exactly what he was doing when he went and basically ranted about that on air to the viewers. Apparently, they have been getting numerous complaints, emails, phone calls, letters about these code red days, and. You know, getting back to that, like, obviously, television stations need viewers to stay alive. And there's a, a large portion, I think, that of, of potentially uh, consultants and management that for years have been saying, you know, they're going to come watch your weather forecast. If you make it seem like it's going to be bad, they're going to come watch your weather forecast. But, like, how many times can you do that and the weather ends up not being that bad? and you know then you end up losing your credibility so there's a fine line you need to walk from when you're trying to say like there is a dangerous weather situation here that we need to really pay attention to to like the weather's kind of marginally dangerous and i think he was trying to basically convey that like you know we have to put this code red out even when i think that the weather may not necessitate a code red and i think what he did was was excellent and, and brave and and the result is is terrible for him and his family but i think his communities rallied around him and and hopefully it, it gets some some change and hopefully opens up some people's eyes about uh just making sure that you know we're trying to convey accurate weather and not trying to just hype things up because, well it's a little bit like breaking news too because you're breaking news i'm like
3: okay breaking news in the last segment and this segment seriously you know after a while people tune it out and you don't want people to tune
6: out you know a code no no when 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 there is actual weather that is going to be serious and dangerous you want to you know convey that and be serious but if you do that all the time then then where's the line in in your communication and when are you going to be taken seriously and that's that's the, the the question I think a lot of folks like to ask themselves. And I mean luckily here we don't have a lot of severe weather, but you know, down in the Midwest in the plains, I mean there is days there are days where it's generally very dangerous and there yeah. are days when it may not be. But you want to really hit hard on those dangerous days and maybe and maybe not all the time.
1: Those are the really code red days. That, yeah, so there is a little bit of a difference when you're in a
6: moderate to high risk day. I mean, that, yeah, that's really code that's a code red. red. Yeah, is that
3: that's the same light. as a red letter day? Is that the same thing? Or are we talking about two different things? Red letter. Day. <laughs> I
5: love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I miss know. you. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, Do you have another question, Jen?
5: Well, I was gonna totally. So this is totally random and, okay. and fun, Eddie. And I don't know if I'm even like whale watching and icebergs are there are they around you guys
6: we have the best whale watching and the best icebergs in eastern north america
5: that's i love that do you They're ever like down. yeah do you see pieces like chunks of icebergs like crashing down have you seen one in person because i know there's like little tours you can go on
6: there i haven't seen like an iceberg breaking up in person but uh like this year we had an exceptionally terrible spring weather-wise, uh, which generally means we get a lot of northerly and northeasterly winds. And when you have prolonged periods of weather like that, all of the icebergs calve off the glaciers in Western. and they get moved down the Labrador Current yeah, this time of year. And when you have northerly winds, they push those icebergs toward Newfoundland. So like this year, and not last year, but the year before, we had an exceptional iceberg season. Like. Like, meaning, like, if you draw like, here in St. John's, I've seen a few this year, but nothing, like, spectacular. But there are places around the island where you can drive, and there are massive icebergs stuck in these little communities. And they are awesome to look at and huge. And icebergs are so big. Like, when you see a big one in person, it's amazing. And it's even more amazing to realize that 90% of it is still underwater. Wow. So, icebergs are, like, the to me, like... Like Newfoundlanders, like they're like you know, icebergs. you have them all the time, like you know, it's not a big deal. But like I see icebergs, and I get really excited. And like, it's amazing to see one that's like probably like you know a few miles offshore, and it looks huge. And you're do, like, do that they is...
1: issue like iceberg warnings,
6: watches uh, and warnings, and no, they that they last all season. <laughs> there's icebergs that are put out every day, um, but they there are like ice pressure warnings and stuff that we have on like the western side of the island where you have a lot of sea ice in the winter. Ice pressure. Ice pressure, yeah. What's the difference? Uh, Well, you have sea ice, and so like sea ice forms uh, around parts of northern and central Newfoundland and the coast of Labrador, like every every winter. Um, And the sea ice moves with the winds. So when you have, so let's say, you know, you have sea ice that forms in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, and you have a prolonged period of westerlies, the sea ice, like like water, just gets kind of pushed up against the, the coastline. And the longer that wind blows, the more the ice gets pushed, and the, the, the tighter the pressure gets along the coast. We have theories that get stuck and stuff in ice, and, and this and that. When you start to get those prolonged westerly stretches of winds in the in the springtime. Have you ever tasted one, an iceberg? Yeah. yeah. You, well, what happens is you get these little <laughs> bergy bits. You get bergy bits that break off the iceberg, burgy and they wash ashore. The and the the iceberg ice is like super duper dense. And uh, yeah, you can like take it and make a drink with it, and it'll stay frozen for like hours that's amazing oh yeah there's a money idea there
3: there's a money (laughs) idea i'm
6: saying newfoundland like i'm telling you like newfoundland is like one of the it's 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 a gym it's one of the prettiest places you will go to on the eastern side of north america it's a bit hard to get to but if you get here in like june or july the coastline and scenery is just unbelievable the whale watching icebergs, seabirds coastlines it's it's beautiful here and that's part of what's kept me here What's the big drink up there that people drink? uh screech
3: so do you get like screech with birgie bits then
6: is that, like, you can. You can get? so screech is like, like it, it's like uh dark so you you, I, you broke up there Why i it's dark rum it's it's like basically dark. it's like captain morgan's it's like a version of dark rum oh. there's a whole story that goes with it that i i nice. couldn't tell because i'm i can tell i like it already realize. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, good it's like, is like the Newfoundland. It's one of the Newfoundland as right. just-
1: <laughs> Well, Hey, that, that's, that's the sign. That's the second time uh, of that, by the way, but uh, that's the sign. It is time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of brilliant questions that we always play with our guests and we invite our listeners to play along as well. But tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie, to celebrate the fact that you're, you're, a uh, you're Canadian now but you you weren't American before I, I don't know what you call that he's dual there's there's a guy he's a, are you a dual citizen are you doing
6: I'm, I'm working there Not yet. For, working I'm working on,
1: the all right so he's still an alien can
6: you sneak across the
1: border <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Very carefully but yeah. here, here's here's what we're playing tonight guys we're gonna play a game called border Patrol border Patrol. so this this comes from the travel.com. And there are strange things confiscated at the border. So here's what I'm going to do, Eddie. I'm going to start listing some bizarre things that have been confiscated uh, at the border. And, this, and you need to tell me, was this confiscated at a US border or at a Canadian border? Uh, to, to uh, you know, to, to and this <laughs> is really Wait. no rhyme or reason. Good Aren't luck in trying same? to figure this out. Is there, that, a, is no, this these are either Canadian agents or US oh, agents, okay, okay, and the US, here's the thing, if it's US, it could also be other borders as well. Um, but you, okay. you, we're just playing border, border patrol, so you gotta tell me okay. which is which. So does like that make the
3: sense? the Iowa side or the Nebraska side, sort of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, okay.
1: you just say, so you just gotta tell me, was this a US agent that uh, confiscated or found this, or was this a Canadian agent, does that make sense?
6: Yeah, I, you, yeah. Okay, so I, here we go, I'll so here's the first one.
1: This one is called car seat person. This was an illegal person entering the country inside the seat of a car. So don't think baby car seat. Think minivan, back seat with armrests, and there literally was a person inside the seat, and their arms were in the armrests, and they were trying to hide in the car seat. Uh, was this found <laughs> by, by the U.S. Border Patrol or the Canadian Border Patrol?
6: I want to go with U.S. Border Patrol
1: on that one. <laughs> and you would be correct that was uh, US oh, Border man. Patrol That's uh, crazy. that was actually on the US Mexico border by the way alright here's the next one <laughs> oh, yeah. a roasted pig head this was intercepted at an airport by a canine sniffing beagle it was literally a roasted pig head did this happen in the US or Canada
6: Ooh. I'm going to say US mm.
1: you would yeah. be correct as well US so you're two for two my friend all right, here we go. Mm. Sausage and diapers. <laughs> Literally sausage wrapped in foil, plastic, and diapers and was thwarted by a canine. So many was counts. this in Canada or the U.S.?
6: Mm. That one, I'm going to go Canada.
1: <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> Isn't
6: it called tube steak?
2: Okay. <laughs> Good job, Eddie. Favorite. All right. Doing you're, great. you're
1: on a roll. Here we go. Uh, j- this is called Just an Alarm Clock. This was a teen who stored his novelty alarm clock that looks like a bomb in his bag. Was this discovered at the U.S. border or the Canadian border?
5: It's a tough US.
1: Uh, You say U.S.? Yeah. That was incorrect. Oh. That was actually uh, in Canada. Some teen in Canada was trying to do that. Makes sense. All mm. right, here we here you we know go. why?
3: Because yeah. they don't like start and stop times.
1: No, no. That's true. That's true. That. All right, this one's called not candy bars. So this was chocolate-coated illegal drugs wrapped in candy wrappers. Uh, did they find this uh, here in the U.S. or was that found in Canada? Canada. Correct. That uh, that started was found so hot. here in the U.S. Yep. It, okay. It, it, Next one. Aston Martin. And yes, someone actually brought a new Aston Martin and didn't declare it at the border. Was this discovered at the U.S. side or the Canada side? Canada Canada side. That was correct. (laughs) Someone was trying to leave Canada with an Aston Martin (laughs) and not declaring it. All right, we got two left. Um, This is meat in a puzzle box. So uncooked meat, which is illegal to cross uh, borders, uncooked meat was smuggled in and hidden inside these uh, wooden puzzle boxes in hopes that they couldn't find them because they, they can't figure out the puzzle. Was this uh, discovered in the US or in Canada?
6: Oh, that could be either one. I'm going to go with Canada, though.
1: That's incorrect. Yeah. That was uh, discovered in the US.
2: Did they have burgundy bits keeping it cold?
3: Or? <laughs>
6: probably not. I don't know.
1: All right, then, this is the last one. Uh, we always save the best for last. This is called Weird Aphrodisiac maz you like this one? Oh, uh, oh thank you Ch- <laughs> yeah, yeah. wow chinese culture <laughs> believe that a cat penis can be an aphrodisiac and a medical cure i've and heard this, about this this was confiscated and considered meat and so they confiscated it immediately uh was this discovered in u.s or canada the cat penises i'm gonna go canada <laughs> and you would be That's correct <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right. Way to <laughs> a
1: bit strong, my Canadian cat friend. I didn't even know cat's Ted though. I mean, <laughs> they do. Yeah, I guess they're, they're, I've
5: they're actually heard of that before, though, yeah. which is really? crazy. Yeah.
1: I, never <laughs> I've never heard of that.
6: I've never heard of
1: that. That is crazy. All right. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you playing along with us, Eddie. Great job. You actually did pretty good on that, believe it or not. Um, so uh, tell us this. How can our listeners uh, find you or follow you on social media?
6: Uh, they can find me on Twitter, uh, Eddie Shear they there there uh Facebook meteorologist Eddie Shear and Instagram Eddie Shear same thing on Twitter. Did you say Eddie Bear? Eddie Shear. Eddie oh. Shear and, Eddie and Sheer.
1: uh spell, spell Shear for people. S H E E R R. It's kind of unique. Kind of yeah. unique. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to go ahead and take our final break with our Tornado Talk segment and the story of the 1957 Fargo F5 tornado and we will be right back with some <laughs> weather fools. So stay tuned.
9: June twentieth, 1957. A family of five tornadoes with an intermittent damage track of nearly 70 miles tracked from Buffalo, North Dakota to Dale, Minnesota. The supercell that spawned these tornadoes persisted for at least six hours. The third tornado in the family developed in a rural area two and a half miles west of the Fargo, North Dakota city limits. The damage path was nine miles. The width was estimated at 500 yards. Ten were killed and over 100 were injured. It was given a rating of F5. A newer section in the northwestern part of Fargo was hit. All property in an area five city blocks wide and 20 blocks long was demolished. Over 1,300 homes were damaged or destroyed. Some were leveled and swept away. I read many devastating stories when writing tornado history summaries, and this is one of the most tragic. Six of the ten fatalities from this tornado event were children from one family. From the Minneapolis Star Tribune, on June 22, 1957, Mrs. Mercedes Munson, mother of seven, went to work just after the noontime hour. Her oldest daughter, Phyllis, age 16, was left in charge of five of the younger children. Mrs. Munson received a phone call from her daughter talking about a storm coming, and the girl screamed and then the line went dead. Mrs. Munson rushed home, but was directed to go to the hospital. It was here that she found out that six children who were home when the tornado hit were killed. Her seventh child, a son, 14 years old, was staying with another family in North Fargo and was safe. The National Weather Service in Fargo created a detailed summary on the 60th anniversary of this event and has a collection of personal accounts on their website. Here is a blurb from one of those accounts. Our house was located at 1333 10th Avenue North, Fargo, North Dakota. The sky was pea soup green and it was very humid. Mom ordered us to the basement and we said, Mom, a tornado can't hit in the middle of town. We saw the roof of the neighbor's house lift off and their big TV was in the air above the house. The side of our house lifted off the foundation. By then we were all crowded into the coal bin and huge balls of fire would bounce along the ground as the power lines came down. It sounded like we were under a freight train. This event was significant to the meteorological community. Ted Fujita did an in-depth study on what occurred. For Thomas Grisoulis and significant tornadoes, quote the Fargo report was a landmark effort in both detailed mapping and in efforts to understand the tornado life cycle. In the 60th anniversary summary of this event, the National Weather Service in Fargo noted that Fujita would coin the terms wall cloud, tail cloud, and collar cloud after analyzing over 200 photos from the Fargo tornado. This F-5 is listed in the Storm Prediction Center database with a straight-line path length of 52.4 miles. After Fujita's work, he was the one to determine that this was actually a tornado family, with the Fargo F-5 the third tornado to occur, and its path length toward the F-5 is 9 miles. I have gathered a great deal of information on this event. Maps, pictures, and newspaper articles are included with a summary at TornadoTalk.com. Follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: I'm Chad Myers with CNN. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast.
8: take a drive under the moon let's take a drive the okay welcome back hi now for weather
3: fools that's people are acting foolish basically and they're doing things that are foolish slash stupid in the weather where you're like dude that's just dumb and so a lot of times that's caught on video and we like to thank people for that so to kick things off here for tonight mj you have one don't you is it from a viewer or yes,
0: one of our okay. viewers/slash listeners, Parker Owens, uh, sent us in a weather fool. He tweeted it out to us, uh, and it comes from Mitchell McCoy, is where it originated. Um, the, real, Bart, McCoy. the real McCoy, that's right. But Parker <laughs> found this for us, uh, and I'm not gonna, I won't put it on screen because it's fairly easy to describe. It's another, uh, you know, sort of flood-related weather fool, but this one is interesting because it was in downtown Little Rock, uh, the Arkansas River was just raging through the uh through downtown and some guy climbs over the wall, you know, to the, the, you know, the concrete wall that they've got to hold the river in, right. Um, Climbs over the wall into this raging river and, and scoots across the side and then sits down on something. I don't know if he was going to try to sun (laughs) himself or what it was, (laughs) you you will have to look at this on the uh, uh, show notes And take a look at this because it's amazing. It's amazing that he got to the spot that he sat down at, and I don't know what he was going to do to get out. But there you go. Don't do that. That's really ridiculous. (laughs) The relaxing sounds of the raging river. That's
3: right. (laughs) Of the
1: flash flood. (laughs)
3: That's (laughs) great. Awesome. Very cool. So thank you, MJ, and thank you. Who was that again? That sent that. That was
0: Parker. Parker Owens.
3: Thanks, Parker. That was awesome. All right. Phil, you've got not one, no, you're just kind of a, a fool hog, aren't you?
1: God, I can't, I, I, these things are just now, they're all over the place. We have weather fools, and, and I can't even cover all of them in one episode. But uh, I do have five I'm going to share with you this evening. Uh, so the, the first one, I'm just going to go kind of right down the row and uh, share what I've got. So the, the first one is from a former guest, uh, Michael Armstrong and uh mike armstrong at coco uh koco tv in oklahoma city so he tweeted out this uh photo says here's what the storm looked like from mustang as it rolled in this morning wow thanks to clay gregory for sending in the photo and if you look at the photo there's this huge massive shelf cloud of a, a supercell storm coming into town and in the foreground You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, eight little leaguers uh, <laughs> practicing, getting ready to play a game of baseball. They're in their uniform, they're all ready to roll, and here comes this oh, massive shelf cloud. Is probably <laughs> what? What would you guys say? Like five minutes away, ten <laughs> minutes away. <laughs> Bad yeah. news, bears. Yeah. Oh my God! All Man. right, so whatever coach still has their kids warming up with that shelf cloud in the background. All right, second one I've got, I mentioned earlier. So this is uh, the Sinclair Group and WICS, which is in Springfield, Illinois, uh, put their gag order on and then ended up firing yesterday Chief Meteorologist Joe Crane for speaking out against Code Red days. And I'm actually going to play this for you guys so you can hear what he said. I thought it was very, very well said.
10: An isolated tornado prompting a Code Red weather alert. Of course, the Code Red Weather Alert is designed to give you an early heads up well before any watches or warnings are issued to give you the opportunity to plan, prepare and protect your family against strong to severe thunderstorms. That being said, it's not the perfect solution because, of course, with code red, it's all inclusive. It doesn't recognize that not guys, all storms are created yet? equal. On the other hand, the National Weather Service has the Severe Weather Outlook every day, which offers a, uh, a scale, if you will, not only in a color-coded scale, but on a 1 to 5 scale, not only giving you the uh, potential of uh, how frequent the storm will be, whether isolated or widespread, or the intensity of the storms, from simply possibility of some damaging winds and some small hail, all the way up to uh, a large outbreak of tornadoes and life-threatening situation. On the other hand, Code Red was created by, likely, a journalism school graduate. <laughs> that being said, I'm a journalism school graduate, so <laughs> oh, wow. it's not perfect. That's a bad. lot of people not very happy with this over the last few months since we've uh, uh, implemented it on Storm Team 20. That's evident by the thousands of comments on social media, letters to the editor, frequent calls to uh, local talk radio shows. We've heard you. And, yes, we realize you have some very strong and passionate views about it. And as far as the Code Red name itself goes, we get that, too. I certainly do. It's certainly when you hear Code Red, you think, the, uh, as they say, the the feces is about to hit the fan. So (laughs) that being said, uh, we understand your concerns and we want you to know that we take them very seriously as far as myself goes. I don't take myself very seriously, but I do take my job seriously and my responsibility to the public. So we want you to know it's not us. This is a corporate initiative, the Code Red Alert, Mm -hmm. And behind the scenes, many of us have tried to uh, dissuade it for the last few months to try something else that's less controversial to the viewers. And it continues to be controversial based on all the social media that continues to this day. So keep in mind, despite the fact that this facility is owned by a corporation, it's still licensed under the authority by the Federal Communications Commission to serve the public interest, convenience, and necessity so you still have a voice keep those cards and letters coming i'll let you be the judge and whether or not code red serves the public interest wow this is my last day on air
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh
3: i don't blame him at all yeah i, I understand the frustrations
5: it's hard it's hard that- when it's like you know someone you know like a corporation they, they don't deal with the impact and people messaging and tweeting and calling you know they have no idea and it's just i feel like he could have said it maybe a little bit not mention feces and stuff but at the same time <laughs> like i mean because he's probably frustrated It just what what I don't like about it is the fact that he got fired and he was sticking up for the people. Like, are people um like boycotting right. him being fired and like, yes, you know, petitioning? Okay, yes, good. Yep. Good.
1: I like and that. I think Eddie was right. I, you know, I think he knew what was going to happen. You know, he yeah. knew what he was doing and he was probably just at the end of his line, you <sighs> know, and, and, uh, made his last stand. And uh, you know what you,
3: you wait Six months to a year, another c- consultant comes in and says, now we're going to call it this. Yep. And and then it's gone.
1: I, All I've right. mean so, that happened a lot. So my weather fool there is obviously the uh, Sinclair Group and WICS. And, um, uh, you know, I, I get both sides. But uh, definitely I, th- I think that he made a good point and good for him and for doing v- that. And the
3: views still are not necessarily the views. That's correct.
1: It. All right. So moving on to weather fool number three. I have to share with you guys. This is uh, from the Vortex Crew uh, Twitter. This is at Vortex Chasing. They've got they got a picture. It says that moment when a tornado is approaching, but you're a farmer and you just don't care anymore. So there's a tornado in the background, and in the foreground, there's a farmer who's tilling up his fields, getting ready to plant. Uh, he's uh, just moving his tractor. He's just gotta he's got to do what he's got to do, <laughs> or she. Who knows? It could be a, a he or she, but. I love that's it because that's that's kind of close.
5: That's really close. <laughs> that, like yeah, a tornado. I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've never seen a video like that with them. I mean, just, eh, we'll just keep going. He just
1: cut All up right. The, so uh, this one. Big green uh, tractor song. Oh, John Deere. Yeah, the green tra- Yeah, that's good. That'd be a good one. You can make a little video out of that. Jen, you can tell us about that with your WX resources. There All right. Next, uh, uh, weather fool number four. Uh, good luck at pronouncing this. Buten Biden, this is Twitter. At Buten Biden, I I don't know what that is. We've got to get Luna Light in here to help us out. She's from Germany.
0: She can uh, translate. Uh,
1: But here's, it says on on their uh, tweet, says never use an umbrella during a thunderstorm. And here's a lady uh, who's under their water spout. Uh, Either this is their house or a business. She's got an umbrella, but the water spout's just dumping water on her umbrella. And I'm going to play the video. Uh, so that you can kind of see what happens next. She steps away from the water spout. Bam! Whoa. Massive oh lightning my strike. God. Oh my Lord. I don't think it Goodness. hit her. Boom! But oh. it certainly hit pretty darn close to her.
5: Oh, that is and, crazy. And uh, that
1: is not when you want to have an umbrella outside in the open.
5: Wow. Why was she under that water spout anyway?
1: I don't know. But wow.
5: That's horrifying. Oh. Yeah. That, but, <laughs> I mean, that's that, like that, a...
1: What do you say, 50 feet? Would you say it's maybe 50, oh. 60 feet from her, that lightning strike? Oh, closer. Is
5: there a oh, tree? Closer. looks like there's a
0: tree back there. Oh, yeah.
5: It's, yeah, it's in, in the back. backyard, yeah. Just beyond that
1: fence, which is not very far. No, man. Jeez. Anyway, wow. she's just lucky that didn't hit her.
5: Even the person filming, you could tell they like yeah. fumbled the camera.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Freak out. Okay, so Weather Fool there. And uh, Weather Fool number five, <laughs> this is really Weather Fool's number five. Uh, but one of our uh, former co-hosts, uh, Quincy Vagel, called him Q, storm chaser. Uh, this is probably my biggest pet peeve in the world, but here he is uh, out storm chasing. This is in Texas, and of course it starts hailing, and what happens? Well, you got a bunch of flippin' morons parking under the Darn overpass, and they're parking in all lanes, so they're blocking all stinking lanes, so it keeps everybody else from being able to get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and they can't go seek shelter somewhere off an exit or off because they're they're hogging the stupid overpass because it's hailing out and i'm telling you guys if this were ever to happen to me i would get i was, i would literally i would stop and i would get out of the car i don't care if it's hailing and i would go beat the and i would try and <laughs> scare the crap out of the people in the cars that are under there i would get my road rage on because this drives me nuts that you would not think of other people mm-hmm. and only think of yourself uh, and not try and pull over and leave open lanes so that people can keep getting to shelter. Because uh, the worst thing obviously can happen is where there's hail, a lot of times there can be a tornado. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that were to happen, now people can't even get to safety. Um, so please don't be the stupid flipping weather fool that parks under an overpass in the lane and prevents people from getting by when it's hailing out.
3: It's the angry Phil.
1: Because yeah, if, if you're, because if I'm behind you, I'm telling you, I'm, I, I don't care if I break your window. I don't care any of that kind of stuff. Because what you're doing is more dangerous than that. For your next birthday, I'm getting you a bucket of rocks painted like
0: uh, baseball-sized <laughs> hailstones.
1: There you go. That's right. Oh There's shoot! I guess bits. sitting under the overpass didn't prevent your window from crashing in on you. I'm
3: so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> is this is a new side of you, Phil. I know, Phil, <laughs> yeah. it's like, but, wow. but
5: I understand, though. I mean, cars were driving off even into the grass in the median block, and there Trying to no get around, way. right. Yeah. Oh. Oh,
3: well, and what God. if you get somebody who's not paying attention and is doing 65, you know, down the road?
1: That's... It's horrible. It's scary. Yeah.
5: Really scary. I don't like this at all. All
1: right. So those are my five weather fools. Thank you. I wasn't sure
5: if there was more.
1: One more in a six pack next time. That's right. (laughs) That's right.
3: Hey, in case you want to see those videos, you can check things out on stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 81 show notes, or you can also do it on your podcast app in the show notes section as well. So thank you, Phil.
1: That's right. All right. Hey, Jen, welcome back. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about WX Resources.
5: So, this is like the best part of the remember show on this? our podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weather resources. <laughs> I do remember it. So, now that I've um, gotten into a lot of different social media, I'm going to share some uh, social media tools as well. And, you know, we've got a lot of storm chasers, um, weather enthusiasts that shoot video, and there are a lot of different video editing apps out there. Splice, I don't know, do any of you guys use Splice? Have you used Splice before?
1: Have not. Nope. The olden days, it was I'm a liking it. cutter and a board.
5: Yeah, well, so its name kind of describes itself. Allows you to chop up video easily on your mobile phone, and so like if you're storm chasing or you know out in the field, you're a reporter or just you know taking video of your kids, it doesn't matter. Um, you can easily edit it and and chunk it up and do whatever you need to really quickly, easily. It's free. Um, it's amazing. I think you should try it and you should download it for sure. And I believe how long, how long have
1: you used that?
5: Um, I've only actually so. I wish I was storm chasing more and I don't use it. So I actually use specs. Have you guys, do you have the specs? The- um, What?
3: You are so ahead of us. I know. I
5: I do. So um, uh, the the spectacles that Snapchat, they made spectacles. So um, they're glasses, they're sunglasses, but you press the button. And so there's a little thing that'll take a photo or a 10 second video or a 20 second video. And so, is it
1: like a Google Glass type thing, or uh, no, it doesn't have a screen, right? Yeah, it's just a camera. Yeah. It,
5: this is just their sunglasses, but they have a little button that's a camera, and also it's like a spy computer. camera. Yeah, so I Man, use those just th-
1: think like 1940s, you know, 50, James Bond spy. Well, you know, that. You know that. <laughs> baby. So,
5: I, so I've been using them a lot with um, like my daughter running around, but you can use them like anytime you see something. I mean, you can just take a photo, you don't have to fumble with your phone. Um, huh. so this could be like a tech resource kind of thing. I haven't even
1: heard of that either. That's cool. Yeah.
5: I, I actually, let's see, do I have my specs around? I don't you know. Next you? time I'll wear my specs. Okay. Yeah. And I'll take cool. a photo of us. You'll um, and that. then. You're
3: so tech cool.
5: <laughs> You're, you guys are tech cool. Okay. So the, the next one, so, um, it's a uh, Freddy, the frog caster. So mm. it's a book. So this is all about books, um, you know, weather stations, um, helping you forecast, weather resources can be just about anything. Um, But for the little ones teaching them about weather, um, this is a great um, series of books by Janice Dean, who in fact is going to be our guest, not this next episode, but um, an episode from now, two episodes from now. Um, But they're great. They're so cute. I've read them to my daughter and she loves them and she loves froggies anyway, Um, but they're fantastic for just teaching even, you know, two-year-olds about the weather. She also has another book out, mostly sunny, and how I learned to keep smiling through the rainiest of days, which I have yet to read, but I really want to. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll
1: her. get to talk to her about that in a couple episodes. Yep. So that'll be awesome.
5: I know. I'm Frog excited.
1: I've read the Frogcaster one too,
3: and so I've <laughs> given it to my one-year-old grandson.
5: Have you really?
3: Yes.
5: Oh my gosh! Isn't it your favorite? Aren't they really good? Yeah, they are. They're they're very they're, good.
3: She's you know she's very good at this. So I'm actually excited to read her new book.
5: Yeah. I want you to I think too. it's
3: a little bit more for grownups,
5: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> not, not, not like it's adult book.
1: Or anything, yeah. I'm just going to stop now. So
5: you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Does anybody else have a weather resource?
1: I do. I do. Oh my- That's no, shocking. No. But I've only got one. I don't have five. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, so the weather resource I have for you is, is interesting, but I need my meteorologist friends to help me out with this. Okay. Okay. So Maz and, and Jen, this was from Kelton Halbert. Uh, oh, on Twitter, I saw this, and so this. So here's what it says. It says the sequence shows the lowest model level potential temperature perturbation. Is that the mm-hmm, word? Mm-hmm, yep. Perturbation. Green is approximately neutral buoyancy, so blues are cold perturbations, and yellows oranges are warm perturbations. Uh, you can see multiple vortex structure in the tornado, and uh, that most air comes from the cold pool. So that's a lot of sciencey talk. Uh, and I don't quite. That's why we. I need your. You guys. What is, what is that? What's cold perturbation? Warm perturbation? What is that?
3: Well, first of all, I'll I'll tell you from from a non meteorological standpoint, it is honking cool to watch, because he's got a he's got a, a a video. I don't know how long the video is. It's like is it like a minute?
1: No, it's it's like forty five seconds. Forty five seconds. And I'll I'll and play he zooms
3: but... into it, and it perfectly represents where the multiple vortices of the tornado
5: are i, I need and, to see his handle who what is who is this, this uh,
1: yeah so i'll, I'll show this, Watch this. It's, it's kelton halbert but it's really interesting to see from a temperature standpoint yeah. what's going on in a tornado and you can also see the multiple vortices going on in there uh yeah. in the circulation but it just kind of shows you the 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 oranges yellows reds uh, kind of how they're getting wrapped around. but for the most part, it's a lot of the blues and greens and the and the colder air uh, that's still following a majority of of that circulation. I don't know what that means. I just think it it does look cool <laughs> like, go ahead
5: well, yeah, you got like the mesovortices within the tornado, but then you can see it's like these these pockets of warm air um like bubbling up or coming up from just the entire like Thunderstorm itself. It right. seems I'm trying to understand the main, like how big it really is. I'm
3: trying to, is it potential temperatures at theta e? Uh, oh
5: my gosh! Yes, yes. Um,
3: yeah. But if you watch and you get to the end of it, as the cold air completely wraps around it, it dies. So it's okay. it's really. I mean, I watched it like five or six times. And it's not a flashback from the '60s, although it's very cool. Like that. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm—I was mesmerized with this. And I did; I had to watch it several times. And and as that cold air completely begins to wrap around, it, it just—you see the blues, yeah? Okay, yep. so, so, Ray, it's coming in. It's coming man, in.
5: man yeah. you're you're um. So I'm I'm looking at just because this is so fascinating. So they're talking about the similar thing that happens in tropical cyclones when they're dissipating. So you're right when the cold air is wrapping around and yeah. basically choking it off. That's what you're getting. So I think that's exactly what he's talking about. And,
3: and I I don't know how he how you could apply that. There's got to be a way.
5: Yeah.
2: I
3: just don't I don't know what the time lapse like is 1 second represent, you know. Yeah. And you're looking after the fact but I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that whatever I've never seen anything like that
7: before."
5: i've never seen that and i like there is some documentation on it but there's not a lot because i don't even remember really hearing much about it when i was in school or reading papers on it but that's the fact that you can look at the temperatures and actually it's a different way to visualize um a tornado the physical aspects of a tornado and the life cycle and how it's getting choked off and like the even thunderstorm dissipating itself right so it's it's really cool it's amazing i want to now learn more about that so thanks so this again it's kelton
1: halbert but uh on twitter it's at tempest chasing tempest chasing how many Uh, views does he have now but we'll uh i don't know it's 211 211 retweets retweets. 780 likes Uh, probably not as much only because like to me there's a lot of sciencey stuff going on here that i'm not as familiar with yeah um uh but it's it's really interesting maz like you said to to watch how that cold air does cut it off and to watch how the warm air uh within those multiple vortices mm-hmm. um yeah. you see those separate uh warm air circulation and, it, and it's
3: hard to get a it's hard to get a, a vision of the the scale of it mm-hmm. because he does zoom way down into it and i'm like okay wow well,
5: i don't know exactly yeah more? yeah how much of the tornado the thunderstorm i want to see the actual i know i'm like how did he
3: where did you where yeah, did he find I that know. because I, i've never seen that before
5: yeah that'll be our next weather resource we'll do some research on it we'll get back I'm, to gonna,
3: you I'm gonna let you do that yeah
5: i'll right. do some right. research on that guys <laughs> there I'll, you I'll, go I'll get back to you but you guys can get all our weather resources also on our show notes on stormfrontfreaks.com and if you're listening to the show on the app you can get it on the app
1: yeah, it's kind of cool now. All the show notes are usually right on the app there. You can pull it up and hit the link, and it'll take you right to the website. You know
3: what? She does do a better job of the weather resources. I'm just yeah, saying. no, I, I probably yeah, agree. I, I couldn't
1: get my voice that high first. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
5: That's the only reason me. why I'm here. Oh, drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. All right, it's
1: yeah. time for our freak fan box, MJ. What do we got in the box today?
0: All right, we got a shout-out to Jay Farlow. Who shared in our Freak Fan Box a uh, Trollbot fodder that I think you're going to see in an upcoming episode. Mm -hmm. So thank you to Jay. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm pulling Weather Trollbot 5000 out of the garage next episode. Awesome. I think we got enough stuff for her to come up with. And Jen, you've you've never you probably you're not familiar with Weather Trollbot 5000. No. You're gonna love her. You're
5: in for a
3: treat. You never
1: know what you're gonna get.
3: Or get your earplugs out. Or Or that too.
1: (laughs) You never know.
5: I'm excited. Okay, yay! That awesome. makes me
0: happy. And uh, and Jeffrey Kordiak, uh checked in and said this. I wanted to read this one to you. I happened to stumble upon your podcast while looking for a decent weather podcast. I listened to a few before I fell into you guys, and after episode one, I deleted other podcasts and and have been binging you guys since.
2: Oh my god! Wow. Very nice. nice. Finally, That's a, a weather opportunity podcast opportunity. that is fun,
0: entertaining, and full of knowledge. So keep up the good work. You have a solid show and one hell of a fan. Thank you, Jeffrey.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. And it's surprising that he he after listening to our first show, he was already like in because that wasn't even a good one. Oh God, it was it was (laughs) I I, even listening to that today, I'm like pulling that's why I don't have any hair. Yeah. (laughs) I just that was so hard to get through. Oh my god. We had a (laughs) physicist on (laughs) Way to start off the show with a bang. Bring a physicist on. We were learning.
3: We were learning. Always
5: learning. So
1: thank you, Jeffrey. And if you want
0: to deliver something to the Freak fan box, uh, go ahead and tweet it to us. We are at Stormfront Freak. Or go to Facebook.com slash Stormfront Freaks. Or questions at Stormfrontfreaks.com by old-fashioned
1: email
5: send and you, and you, me a postcard drop me a line you got mail,
2: baby yeah.
1: yeah we you forgot we got a jingle mess we got a. I uh, i know i'm sorry okay go ahead and
3: you don't have to delete the other guys too no you real, don't.
1: there's some great podcasts out there there really are but if you wanted that's okay, okay i mean we're right, not gonna go stop ahead, you then, yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah i think that just about does it for this episode of stormfront freaks podcast thanks for listening or watching uh before i reveal our next guest Uh, If you do enjoy the show, please do us a favor. Leave a great review on your podcast app. uh, And and the written ones, if you write something, we'll actually share that on the air as well. Um, And don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. It works just like a magazine or newspaper subscription. It, It assures you get the latest show delivered right to your podcast inbox the minute we release it. Uh, so that's the benefit of subscribing. Uh, you don't have to try and find us. A uh, special thanks to our friend and guest tonight, Eddie Shear. Uh, he, was, he was a lot of fun to have on. Those Canadians, they're, they're always fun. They understand they're, Newfoundland. They know how to party. That's right. And our next episode in two weeks, uh, so we're recording on June 27th. With Nick Dreischman of Extreme Tornado Tours. Uh, So, if you'd like to watch the recording live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. So, for MJ, Maz, and Jen, welcome back. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.